Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of January 13th through the 15th, 2022. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. If you're in the States, hope you enjoyed your long weekend. Uh, myself, I was actually out of town this uh, weekend visiting my folks down in Florida uh, to make up for that winter trip that COVID ended up canceling for us. Uh, worked out because not only was it my dad and mine's birthday weekend, our NFL team in, was actually in the playoffs and had a home game and arguably was the most insane game in like five years, making a comeback from being down like 27 nothing and tossing four interceptions in the fourth quarter, but in the first quarter, but you know that's a whole other podcast. In any case, um, this, that's why this episode is a little bit late. Um, so let's get into this week's numbers. And then uh, in the latter half of the episode, not too many headlines, which is all well and good since we'll just go ahead and break down the next uh, three and a half months or so of movies coming out. So in first place, and no one's surprised, Avatar Way of Water made $32.8 million in 40,045 theaters, pretty solid 28% drop in its fifth weekend for an 8,115 per theater average, $564 million domestic total to date. As of Sunday, it's just over $1.9 billion worldwide. Over the four-day weekend, its box office was closer to $40 million. Uh, these numbers will put it just past Spider-Man No Way Home for the number six all-time box office worldwide. And number 13 on the domestic all-time list needs another $37 million or so uh, to overtake Incredibles 2 at $608 million. Expectations are Avatar will hold on to the number one spot until February 3rd when the new M. Night Shyamalan film Knock on the Cabin comes out uh, with a domestic upper limit for uh, Avatar being about $650 million by the end of its run or so. Uh, in second place, Megan held on pretty well for a horror film in second weekend, dropping only 40% in 3,605 theaters for a 18.3 million weekend and a 5,078 per theater average for 56.8 million domestic total. Another 34 million overseas puts it at about 90 million worldwide. For me, the real question is if it'll be able to make 100 million like Smile did. So far, it is outpacing Smile due to a stronger opening weekend, but it did have a slightly steeper drop in its second weekend, so we'll see uh, how those uh, cancel each other out over the next couple of weeks. Third place ended up going to Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which once again sowed the power of a well-done animated film, going 7% week over week to 14.4 million in 3,687 theaters for 3,924 per theater average, and officially crossing the 100 million mark as I predicted uh, to 107.4 million dollars. Officially, we have 18 2022 films hitting 100 million domestic. Now, notably, every week since its opening, it's been higher than the previous weekend and then than the opening weekend, and with a clear runway in terms of animated films until Mario Brothers in, in April, um, at least for family-friendly movies. This one is will have many, many lives. Could even beat the first Puss in Boots film total if it's adjusted for inflation, which is about $194.5 million. So globally, Puss in Boots has now hit $250 million worldwide. Fourth place went to the Tom Hanks film A Man Called Otto, which expanded from about 600 theaters to 3,800 theaters for about a 12.8 million total, 15 million over the five-day weekend, and a 3,374 per theater average for 19 million domestic total. It made another 14 million overseas for about 33 million worldwide against the 15 million dollar production budget. Now, interestingly, even if it had lukewarm reception here in uh, the initial four, new, four theaters in New York and LA, with only a 14,000 per theater average and a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Once it expanded to the Midland, to the to the Heartland, it actually got an A Cinema score and five stars from Post Track. It has a 45% audience over 55 and 54% audience skewing female. Uh, looking at the top 50 theaters for Man Called Auto, these they were in. Uh, none of them were actually in New York and LA, which is rather rare actually. Um, the top you know the top theaters were found in places like Scottsdale, Arizona, the Villages in Florida, Cleveland, Ohio, Salt Lake City, Phoenix, Arizona, Fort Myers, Florida. 
Green Bay, Wisconsin, Calgary, Alberta, and Nashville, Tennessee. Perhaps a contrast to the relatively depressing Oscar bait films that might do a little bit better in the metropolitan area. So we'll keep an eye on this one to see how this one does uh, kind of with the rest of the country. Uh, fifth place went to the first newcomer this weekend, Plane from Lionsgate. This Gerald Butler film made about $10.2 million in 3,023 theaters for 3,396 per theater average, a bit better than the $7 million forecasted by Box Office Pros, and probably helped by uh, better-than-expected reviews. B-plus cinema score, 7% crit- uh, 73% critics, and 75% critics, and 94% audience. It still has a bit of a way to go to make its $20 to $25 million production budget back, uh, but it seems like Gerald Butler films just work. Um, it's no Top Gun, but it avoids crashing entirely, especially with that relatively low budget. Now, outside the top five, there's a couple more releases. Warner Brothers ho- comedy House Party, which was origi- which is, I think is a remake of another film, Fire, and was elevated from an HBO Max exclusive to a theatrical release, got only 1,400 theaters and made only $3.9 million. I saw like zero marketing for this one at all, not to be one of those guys, but it looks like no one else did either, and so it looks like it's actually going to be made available on PVOD literally as I speak. So I think that might be one of the sort of theatrical windows sort of day-and-date release. Uh, the 29% critics and 58% of our audience Rotten Tomatoes scores certainly did not help. Um, we also had Indian film uh, Walter Varia, Varia uh, opening in 350 theaters for about a million dollars, 3,000 per theater average. Uh, the micro-budget horror film Skin- Skinamarink uh, made 818,000 in 692 theaters for a 11,83 per theater average. Um, though, given that the budget was only about 15,000 Canadian dollars, that's like a 60x uh, return on investment there. So, already uh, profitable for this film. And then apparently there was a Christian accent film, which, yes, you heard that right, a Christian accent film called The Devil Conspiracy. Which opened in 925 theaters to less than half a million dollars and the 475 per theater average. No plans to watch it. Apparently, it features like a satanic pharmaceutical company trying to clone Jesus so they can release the devil on earth, unless Michael the Archangel, um, uh, possessing the body of a dead priest, uh, can open a can of whoop ass on them. So, yeah, that's definitely a movie. Uh, and then in Oscar movies news, The Whale crossed $10 million after six weeks. Babylon in its fourth weekend lost 1,700 theaters down to only 678 with a reported $75 million loss. Um, and then Woman King got a bit of a re-release, I expect, for Martin Luther King weekend for 843 theaters. Um, next week are Oscar nominations, so that's going to be exciting. We'll see if any of these films end up getting a bit of an Oscar bump, so to speak. Now, overall total box office this week was $102 million, with our top five films all making at least $10 million, though a fairly steep drop-off after that. Um, we'll get into the films coming out next week in a little bit. Uh, but first, moving over to China, there's a couple of big headlines there. First, you know, I don't know what magic Bob Iger has pulled, but after no Marvel films releasing in China since Endgame in 2019, it has been confirmed that both Black Panther Wakanda Forever and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania will be releasing in China next month, February 7th for Black Panther and February 17th for Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is a huge deal. So it's a big part of the, of the reason last year's Marvel films were unable to reach a billion dollars globally was the lack of a China release. Now it may a little bit be a little too little too late for Black Panther since you know it's going to be piratable fairly soon um, be, due to becoming to be PVOD. And then Ant Man and the Wasp was never going to be the biggest film uh, over there even, so it might not even reach a billion. But still, you know this bodes well both for these films making more money and then of course for the rest of the Marvel slate later this year, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three and the Marvels, and then of course the 
broader Hollywood industry will be uh, interested in this to see, you know, there's still a chance to get back into the Chinese market. Though again, grain of salt, since obviously Avatar 2 has been doing uh, okay there, but not as great as people were hoping. Now, perhaps, you know, as to the reason why, perhaps, you know, Bob Iger maybe made some agreements that, you know, they're never going to actually publicly agree, uh, uh, detail. Um, or on the other hand, maybe, you know, China has realized that their box office industry, you know, will continue to stagnate. And it was one of the few regions last year that actually dropped its box office year over year, dropping 36%. Um, and not only because of the zero COVID policy, but also because they just simply did not have as many Hollywood films playing in theaters for people to go see. Now, speaking of new films, you know, uh, in China, there, there are ones coming this weekend because uh, it is going to be the Lunar New Year this coming weekend, a year of the rabbit, I believe. Um, that's always one of the biggest, if not the biggest weekends of the year, box office wise, you know, frankly, globally, especially, and definitely in China. So here are all the films that I was able to find that are opening this weekend. We, we're going to keep an eye on it and report back next week how they did. Um, so first up, we have the the big one's going to be The Wandering Earth 2. Um, it's a sequel to the super popular Wandering Earth science fiction movie, made about $700 million uh, worldwide, though obviously the majority of that was in China. It's the fifth highest grossing film uh, from China all time. The current prediction is about that Wandering Earth 2 will make a little bit less, you know, 415 to 560 million dollars, but still pretty massive. Um, and then we have Anonymous, or depending on how you translate it, uh, Hidden Blade, is looking is a film starring the legendary Tony Leung and directed by writer-director Chung Er. Uh, set in the 1940s Jap Japanese-occupied Shanghai, it follows some Communist Party members who work to safeguard the motherland. So pretty patriotic stuff, of course, that will be uh, very much approved by the CCP. Um, we have Full River Red, directed by China's current biggest director, uh, living director Zhang Yimou, most known for House of Flying Daggers, and in recent years has directed films that have been pretty good uh, successes at the Chinese box office Sniper and Cliff Walkers. It's a period film following the mysterious murder at the Prime Minister's residence where the soldier and deputy commander tasked the castle killer at large uh, while larger conspiracies are at play. Uh, my personal one I'm most interested in is Deep Sea. It's an animated film from writer-director uh, Tiang Waopeng, uh, who worked on the 2015 animated film Monkey King Hero is Back. Um, the story is about a young girl who enters a dreamy deep-sea world with an animal crew. It's been seven years in the making. Despite some censorship issues, uh, seems to be good to go now. Just looking at the trailer for this one, it gives me a really strong uh, Spirit of the Way type vibe. So uh, we'll see how if this one's able to make its way out to the West. I'd love to catch it. I mean, it looks to be a sports movie, Ping Pong the Triumph, based on the true story of how the Chinese uh, ten ten table tennis team grew from being one of the worst in the world to becoming world champions. Again, not many other details I can find online, aside from the fact that this is adapted from a TV series. That was very popular. Uh, there's also a comedy called 500 Miles. Not much information I can find there. And of course, the obligatory Boonie Bears, the animated movie, uh, which we always seem to get around this time of the year. So uh, we'll definitely be back next week to see how these Lunar New York box office numbers look to be shaping up. And you know, I think the goal is you know, with time, with with the zero COVID policy going back, and but still cases still growing, um, we'll see if this, they're able to at least match next year, if not necessarily exceed it. And we turning back to upcoming films for the rest of this year. While you know, I do while we do have a relatively light, light box office week, uh, is, let's go ahead and look at the next four months of the year. Now, as opposed to doing it quarter by quarter, I find that you know there are generally three seasons of box office. Uh, first is the spring season, winter spring season. You know, um, it's a relatively light period. You know, March is probably the, the strongest month of the year. A um, couple of tent poles, you know, um, but otherwise not the strongest season. Uh, March, May through August is obviously uh, the 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 big one, uh, the hot summer blockbuster season. 
And then September through December, you know, again, we get into award season. Well, we get into, you know, film festival season. Uh, and then we get into, you know, awards, uh, awards bait type films. And, you know, you have the films coming out uh, with the longer legs over, you know, the holidays and the Christmas musicals, kids' movies, and so on. Um, so, yeah, no, so those are kind of like the main three seasons. So, obviously, this will be, you know, relatively light in terms of uh, in terms of uh, films. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about the films that at least I find interesting and then other, either story-wise or box office-wise. So first off, we'll start off with this coming weekend of the 20th. There's actually quite a bit to look forward to, though. Nothing I'd call a major tenfold. So the biggest film might be uh, missing. It's the newest film from Sev Ohanian, who directed the John Cho 2018 thriller Searching that took entirely place on screens. Um, at least from that perspective, if Missing does something similar, it'll be interesting. Um, current box office pros forecast has it about 3 to 8 million opening weekend. Uh, G-Kids is releasing the Chinese animated film New Gods, Yang Jian, in theaters. Uh, meanwhile, Crunchyroll is releasing the anime film to accompany the popular television series That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. Lionsgate has a new Anna Kendrick film that premiered at TIFF, I believe, last year, Alice Darling. And an Oscar contender woman talking will make a last-minute push for contention with a wide expansion this weekend. We also have the official limited release of Sony's The Sun starring Hugh Jackman, though that's fallen a bit of Oscar contention at this point. And then Jesse Eisenberg has his directorial debut When You Finish Saving the World world um also in limited release this weekend and then of course the aforementioned wandering earth 2 from wellgo usa will be having its release on sunday uh, next week uh, on January 27th, we'll have the horror film Fear from Hidden Empire releasing, as well as Brandon Cronenberg's new sci-fi horror film starring Alex Skarsgård and Mia Goth, um, Infinity Pool. Uh, also, some limited releases for Oscar contents on the Cairo Conspiracy and Close, which are international films. Uh, you know, by that time, we'll know if they are, will end up being nominated or not. Moving into February and Super Bowl weekend, actually, well, you know, hopefully my beloved Jaguars can make it to the Super Bowl, though not likely, uh, and Tom Brady has definitely been eliminated from playoff contention at this point, but he will be showing up in Paramount's next film, sports comedy, 80 for Brady, starring Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, and Sally Field, as Brady's super, pa- super fans from Houston, who traveled to 2017 Super Bowl to watch the Patriots, never forget Mount Jack wasn't down. Now, currently forecast for a 5 to 10 million opening, um, so, you know, we'll see how that one ends up doing. Uh, also on February 3rd, Knock at the Cabins, the newest film from M. Night Shyamalan, featuring David Bautista, Jonathan Groff, and Rupert Grint, set to debut from Universal with an 18-27 to 27 million opening forecast weekend. Um, and then there's also going to be a limited release of the newest uh, Sword Art Online movie from Crunchyroll. Uh, from uh, from from the bros to um, from to Valentine's Day, uh, we are on the weekend of the tenth. You have the obligatory Channing Tatum film, Magic Mike's Last Dance from Warner Brothers. Um, you know this is the third Magic Mike film. Originally was a HBO Max exclusive before being elevated, though we don't really see any marketing for this. Unfortunately, uh, it's currently looking to make a twenty to thirty million dollar opening weekend. We'll see if you know it pulls a lost city and, and surprises. Though again, we'll see also how much marketing ends up going behind it. Now, if you don't want to see the latest romantic film, you could see a classic. Uh, the 25th anniversary re-release of James Cameron's Titanic is coming out this year, uh, this weekend, which is expected to make about eight to thirteen million uh, that weekend. There's also an untitled Crunchyroll film set to come out, uh, as well as the IFC thriller called Consecration and an Australian film called Off and Eight from Focus Features. Uh, then a couple of midweek releases on the 15th, you know, an open road film uh, starring Liam Neeson titled Marlowe. And then we have the viral Winnie the Pooh uh, Blood and Honey Slasher film released via Fathom Events. Now, the reason these are releasing midweek as opposed to normally uh, is because on the 17th, no one really wants to be going up against uh, the newest Marvel film, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Now, opening the $100 million is definitely possible. There will be a bit of a reach since that will be the highest opening for an Ant-Man film. Um, I think it will definitely grow that much, though. Um, now, there is a limited field 
Halo releasing opposite technically there is Bleecker Street's film about Emily Bronte titled Emily um, as well as Return to Soul which is the Cambodian entry to the Oscar race now moving to 24th of February again in the wake of Ant-Man and the Wasp not a lot of people want to do the big studio releases um, so only one thing will be crazy enough to try to do it a cocaine bear now this one is based on the true story of an American black bear in 1985 that apparently ingested an entire bag of cocaine um, so the movie the trailer makes it look like a wild ride and, and one of my most anticipated movies of the year frankly speaking um, also releasing from what will be a Lionsgate film called The Jesus Revolution which is based on the movement of the similar name from California uh, in the in the 1970s so that wraps up uh, February moving into March honestly it's kind of packed right the first weekend uh, the third we, you know you only have one right release but that's going to be a big one it's going to be Creed 3 from MGM the Michael B. Jordan directed and led boxing film the first to open you know uh, in the 30 million dollar range but all ended up legging out to over 100 million dollars so I anticipate something similar happening to this one um, over on the weekend of the 10th from Paramount we have uh, Scream 6 now I don't think this is definitely going to make $100 million it might be it will, it will if it's lucky um, the last one opened to $30 million and made uh, $81 million over the life of its run um, also opening that weekend will be a William Defoe psychological thriller uh, where he's uh, titled Inside uh, where he stars as an art thief trapped inside a penthouse after a heist goes wrong uh, March 17th, we have uh, one of the tentpoles, uh, DC's uh, first entry of the year with a much smoother round, Sazam, Fury of the Gods. Uh, this one opened to 53, the first one opened to $53 million and made it out to 140. So I think uh, even, we'll see if this being a lame duck uh, DC EU film hurts it or not. I still have it, uh, you know, eventually making $100 million over its run. Uh, also opening is the Adam Driver Dinosaur Science Fiction Film uh, 65. This is, has also been moved around a bunch, so we'll see you know, if, if it actually pays off for Columbia Pictures. Personally, I don't really think so. I think they kind of gave away everything in the trailer, and uh, it doesn't look that good to me, honestly speaking. On uh, March 24th, we do have another big one uh, in Lionsgate's John Wick 4. Now, from a small action film in 2014, opening to 14 million, grossing 43 million, to the recent entry opening to 56 million and grossing 171 million domestically, all while being R-rated. Uh, this one, I think, uh, could very well make will make 100 million dollars over the course of its run, if not open there. Um, opening opposite in limited is a comedy drama written and directed by Zach Braff, uh, starring Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman, titled A Good Person. It does go wide. The following weekend um, which would be March 31st now there we have a, a big opening uh, in the Dungeons and Dragons movie Honor Amongst Thieves starring Chris Pine now things are a little bit testy within the Dungeons and Dragons fandom at the moment uh, due to some shenanigans uh, by Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast so we'll see you know if this is able to have legs uh, for the Paramount film to reach outside of the core demographic um, who may or may not be boycotting this film when this time comes around so there's no real comparable this is a new IP you know probably Jumanji might be the best comparison though those released uh, had I think bigger names attached to them and also released uh, in March uh, in, in the holidays as opposed to this one releasing in March so we'll see how this one ends Ends up doing you know again April March is a very stacked month. Um, also opening this weekend are Spinning Gold, a biopic about Casablanca Records founder Neil Bogart by his son, starring Wiz Khalifa and Jason Derulo among others. Uh, we have A Thousand and One from Focus Features, a drama starring Tayana Taylor, and in limited release Assassin, another Bruce Willis action flick. 
Uh, moving into April, one of the biggest films of the year comes out in Super Mario Bros. movie from Nintendo and Illumination. I already mentioned last week, I think this one actually has the potential to make a billion dollars worldwide, and I think we'll make the $100 million opening. So I don't think there's too much more to say here, aside from, let's see if I'm right. Um, obviously, not a lot of major films want to go against that, but there are some. Uh, Sevalier is a film from Searchlight, um, you know, about the historical figure, French-Caribbean musician Joseph Boulogne, and his relationship with Marie Antoinette. Um, you know, uh, MGM also has a drama called On a Wing and Prayer from uh, On a Wing and Prayer from San McNamara, and then Russell Crowe also stars in a film called Pope's Exorcist, which I think tells you everything you need to know about that film. Uh, moving to April 14th, again, not a lot of competition right, right after the Mario Brothers, but we do have Universal figuring that their film Renfield uh, hits a, demogra- a different demographic. Directed by uh, Chris McKay, and, st- and uh, uh, Renfield tells the story of Dracula's titular assistant, played by Nicholas Holt, uh, with Nicholas Cage playing the vampire himself. So it'll be a fun time. Uh, Crunchyroll also has their anime film Suzume from Makoto Shinkai, making its U.S. debut that weekend. There's also a film called Black on the Strip, Back on the Strip, from co- comedian uh, Chris Spencer's starring Tiffany Haddish and Kevin Hart, among others, and drama Sweetwater about the first African-American to get an NBA contract. April 21 brings us Evil Dead Rise from Warner Brothers, the fifth installment in the series after the South by Southwest debut. Uh, Guy Ritchie has a film uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal called The Covenant from MGM. Roadside Attractions in Lionsgate also bring uh, Ray Romano uh, directed and written film starring Somewhere in Queens starring Romano and Laurie Metcalf and then for one of the more curious films of the year uh, Joaquin Phoenix stars in an A24 film Bo is Afraid from the mind of Ari Aster Um, these last two films are limited releases and then finally wrapping up the first four months of the year before we hit the summer season, on the weekend of April 28th, we've got a biopic about boxer and grill master George Foreman from Forrest Whitaker and Sony Pictures. Lionsgate also adapts the coming-of-age novel Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And in limited release, we have A24's film called Paint, starring Owen Wilson as a Bob Ross analog, as well as Focus Features film Polite Society about a South Asian martial artist who tries to keep her sister from getting married, uh, which will be sold off at Sundance uh, in the coming weeks. So yeah, those are the films I'm expecting to see this year, and the first or that we'll, we'll we'll be keeping an eye on for the first four months, barring any new surprises. According to my uh, forecast, we maybe see one to two films open to 100 million domestically, uh, and then seven to nine films uh, total making 100 millions over their run. Um, now, before we wrap up the episode, a couple of uh, quick headlines: uh, HBO Max announced that their first price hack hike is going to be effective immediately as of January 12th. Uh, the no ad tier went from $15 a month to 16, while the ads supported here remains at $10 a month. Uh, now, with all the chains happening in DC Universe, it also, it however, looks like with one thing staying the same will be the Matt Reeves Batman universe. It will reportedly be untouched. Um, and then, you know, we also, speaking of directors and their films, Mel Gibson is apparently coming back for a Passion of the Christ sequel. Honestly, not sure what the sequel to the Passion of the Christ looks like. Um, anyway, we have uh, Disney currently facing down an activist uh, investor proxy battle for a, sta- a board seat. Um, in the meantime, Susan Arnold, who has served as the chair of the board for the past 15 years, is at the end of her term and will be succeeded by Mark Parker, uh, Nike's executive chairman, um, and will become Disney's chairman as well. Um, he has been board member of Disney for the past seven years and will, main, will hold on to his uh, Nike's position as well. And then for some award season news, Netflix has also acquired the rights to the Screen Actors Guild Awards to be broadcast next year live on the platform 2024. And then Netflix also announced that Glass Onion, when it released, uh, has risen to become the third most popular film in the 10 days after its release um, among all their films all time. 
So yeah, you know, again, relatively light episode this week. Uh, next week we're gonna have you know a lot of films to talk about. Um, if not, you know, big releases and you know, obviously the Lunar New Year results as well as you know, um, as well as you know, may, as some of the more limited releases as well. Um, but yeah, um, that's a wrap for this episode. Let me know some ideas for us. I should cover via email at boxofficewatts at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. As well as on Spotify and iTunes. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, or at the very least tell a friend any of that helps. Um, you know, links to all that will be in our show notes. Numbers in the show come from dnumbers.com. Internet audio music from Kevin MacLeod and competent from music.io. Editing production by Ninsmore Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch. And remember, our watch goes on. Mm-hmm.